0: Basketball is my life. I have nothing else. This is incredible. This <laughs> yeah. is the best
1: yeah. game I've ever
0: had. Shooters. That's, that's what we do. <laughs> Shooters, a
1: basketball podcast. Let's go.
0: Alright, bit of a different episode this week. We just got jumped off with the great man, Ben Eyre. Um He hopped on for us. A quick fun chat, really. Um, nice half an hour um, chat. So good of him to take the time out of his out of his night for that. Um, yeah, obviously with Southeast Melbourne Phoenix doing his thing in the Sandringham. With Sandringham now, grand final
1: this week. Uh, he was great. That was the perfect intro. We talk all things from NBL hoops, NBL one, upcoming f- grand final this week. And enjoy the listen, guys. And I hope you guys are having a great day. Welcome to the Shooters Podcast. Darren and I are extremely honored today. One of my best mates, Hooper, Benny Eyre. He's a Victorian kid. Didn't make the state teams growing up, but then he went over to college at, I can't pronounce this college, so Benny, can you hear me? Skagit Valley Newman? Skagit Valley. Skagit Valley. And then he came back. He was at Adelaide with me for a season. COVID hit, and so there was a little bit of a messy situation there. Stopped playing basketball for a year, went into a different job, got a call back. He said, I ain't done. I'm not ready to give this bad boy up. I know I'm good enough to compete in the league. Went up as a training player, put himself on his back, bet on himself, went up to Cairns as a training player, had a big game, 20 points, 10 assists on arguably the two best defensive guards in the league in Delhi uh, uh, and that, that United front court. Stayed up there, MBO one in Cairns, hooped. For the Marlins. Kept that grind going. Got the call up for the the pro gig NBL. Did his thing. And then now he is just signed with Southeast. And currently playing NBL 1 Sandringham. Where he's heading into the grand final. Last week in the semis. Hooping 27 and 8. In a 19 point win. And it was a blowout from the jump. With Benny having 15 points in the first quarter. Now. Appreciate you for coming onto the pod superstar man, Benny Ayer, do you have any words, man? Thank you very much for being here.
2: <laughs> no worries, man, no words. That was an amazing intro, I appreciate it. I appreciate it. I
0: was just better to, I'm just going to jump in with, we've only ever had one guest, but that was easily the best intro I've, I've seen oh, you do. <laughs> uh, he Thank killed you, that, man. that was great. He yeah, probably, great. he had enough time to log off by the time that was uh, done, <laughs> oh, that was man. lovely.
1: That was great. Nah, yeah, two minute high up, man, that's what my guy deserves. But we'll start off just talking about one of the the toughest parts of being a pro uh and for me that's off season and the craziness of that the unknown of what job you're going to have next year where you're going to be how's it going to turn out uh talk to us a little bit about this off season what happened how it played out where you were in the mbo one and how kind of the southeast melbourne thing developed and how you ended up there
2: um yeah, I mean it was pretty it was a it was a crazy off season for me, very different. Um but I think, you know, going back to the start, um I'd finished the season with Cairns, we lost to Sydney in the finals, semifinals. Um we went back to Cairns. Um and it was kind of a plan always I was gonna go back, play for Marlins. Um and then, you know, a few things happened with Taipans. I think we kinda just ended up really both going separate ways. Um with with kind of what they wanted going on and kinda of what I wanted going on. So that was just kinda of like a, a mutual um a mutual thing where we kind of just agreed on that. And um yeah, then that's where the the times when you kinda of like you don't really know what's going on. I know Jack, you and me had a lot of conversation during this time. I reached out, um yeah, for for a lot of different things. Probably more off court stuff, um mentally and stuff and just checking in and making sure I was good and wasn't going crazy um but yeah after that kind of came back to melbourne um and had a conversation with dave barlow about sandringham um and at this point like nbl stuff was um like still like was completely up in the air had no idea was just kind of going through the early early stages of talking with the agent like man i'm i'm like basically looking for a new team (laughs) type of thing um so that was all very new to me a lot of new emotions um, but then, yeah, kind of locked in with Sandy, which was like a great, I wouldn't say distraction, but with everything going on in the NBL, it was really awesome for me just to be a part of a team and feel welcomed and, um, yeah, kind of just a, just a hoop, you know, there's always that time where you're not playing and teams are kind of like looking at you and you're not getting that every day, like, I guess, affirmation, you know, of how good you are. Um, and so you can kind of, a lot of doubt starts to creep in on like, the teams really want me. Am I this guy? Am I, you know, what am I as a player? Cause you're not, you're not really playing. And I wasn't even playing, but I wanted to start, um, I had like a few, just little niggly injuries from the, um, season I was getting right. Um, so yeah, that was some tough times, but then, um, kind of just got in a rhythm with Sandringham, which was nice. Uh, we got a lot of, started getting a lot of dubs that felt good, just working out. Um, and then Southeast kind of just came about think you know it was just a time for them as well like with with a lot of new players a lot of new movement um and there was just opportunity there at the spot that i was in and uh, had conversations with mike and tommy and they all went great and kind of moved pretty quickly you know once the first conversations happened to actually signing um and just so happened that i'm you know from southeast and i was playing in melbourne at the time as well um i think i've said this previously but like some people ask me about like going home. I get that question a lot. Like how good is it to be home with Southeast or um, like I think a lot of people thought I was trying to leave Cairns to come home. But like I was very not, like that wasn't the case at all. I think the case was more just like if Southeast was in Perth, you know, and it was the exact same club, same coach, same players, I think I would have been, you know, it wasn't like I was seeking to come home. It was just that that fit so happened to be in Southeast Melbourne. Um, so yeah, there was no like, trying to come home or anything like that but it's obviously super cool and i guess it makes the story cooler as well
0: we love a good story we love a good story it's all about timing as well though right because it's just sure. like you said if it's just the fact that hey sandry hang came along and then southeast came along and it just kind of works really nicely but so you're all settled in melbourne now um how's the how's the coffee here
2: Man, coffee's elite, so much, so much, I was going to say shit on cans, but I don't want to say, I don't want to, I don't want to, you know, like shit on cans or anything, because the coffee there is actually really good, some good spots, um, but yeah, I think it's just like next level in Melbourne, right?
0: Yeah, it's, it's pretty good, it's pretty good, especially when you're with someone else, but that's <laughs> uh, I kept,
2: Ben, uh, <laughs> no uh, for those, I'm sorry. <laughs>
0: <laughs> I gave you I gave you shit on last week's episode. Actually, when we were doing a bit of a roster review, and I'm just like, I expect big things from Ben this season. But God, he doesn't stick to his word that much. But you know, <laughs> I forgive you. You're with, you're in the midst of a Sandringham NBL one season. So hey, okay. whenever you're free, let's grab that coffee. Otherwise, don't worry about it. Um, speaking okay. of the grand final, actually, yeah. no, we'll stay on Phoenix for a bit. Is it is it feeling like is it like coming kind of coming to fruition now that you've got Creaky, you've got the imports. You guys are all in town now and doing your thing. Is it is it starting to come to life? I guess.
2: Yeah, definitely. You know, it's taking shape. Um, yeah, it's just important. I think to get everyone in there, whether you're training or not, injured or not. Um, it's just it's just good to get like characters in the building, and you know, everyone can kind of chip in. Um, you know, just from a I think from like not a social point of view, but like just like player connection. As long as guys are in there, you get to know everyone. Uh, I think it goes a long way and the earlier that can happen, especially with a new group, um, the better. So yeah, it's definitely taken taken shape over these last few weeks. Um, obviously like very, very long way to go, but that's like kind of the beauty of a season, just figuring it all out and we're in the early stages and it's a lot of fun, I think.
1: Yeah, no, that's epic. Uh it is always that feeling out process that takes time like learning drills and the grind of just even some days are just so much talking and you know putting things into place um one thing that always interests me and i'm not sure in your situation were you working out with southeast before you signed with them because what a lot of people don't realize is a lot of time like you'll be get put in like mini tryouts in a way in the off season or they'll invite you in for like training and really, they're just working you out three times a week, seeing, seeing if you're good. Were you in that situation? Or was it just they were just watching your MBO one performances and then kind of signed you off that and your cans resume or, or was like Mike working you out and, and doing stuff there?
2: Uh, no, nah, there was no no working outs going, no workouts going on. Um, even really NBL one stuff, I don't think played a big part. I think it was really just going off my cans resume and what I did um, in the NBL, which I think you probably hear a lot of NBL coaches say, like NBL one is important. You know, it's important to showcase what you can do. I think, but like, there's not a ton of weight in that sometimes in those decisions. You know, like they just they kind of want to see. I, I think for the position that they were going for too, like a kind of a more experienced. More trying to be more experienced backup guard. Um, like you kind of only have to look at NBL experience. You couldn't just get a guy fresh out of NBL one. So there wasn't um, there wasn't a heap going into that. But yeah, no nah, no workouts. Um, but once we signed, kind of got going right away.
1: Yeah, nice. You're you're 100 on the money. We're going to touch on the NBL one a bit shortly, mm-hmm. shortly, especially about that translation from the NBL one to the NBL. Mm-hmm. But you talk about being a bit more experienced, being that backup point guard. You know, your last game in the NBL, you had 20 points in a ge- you know, in a semi-final game against the champs. What are some of the major things you've learned from that season in Cairns heading into Southeast, like you know, from about yourself, uh, you know, f- first full season under that pressure of being a pro, playing every night against some of the great talent in the league. Like what what are some of the lessons you're you've learned from that that you're taking into this Southeast that that's building that confidence that you know will make you a better player this year than you were last year? I mean, there's a lot. I think first and foremost, like I
2: just had so many good guys around me, like that just let me learn from them and kind of also like would pull me aside, even when I'm not asking questions, you know, a lot of people say you got to ask questions, ask questions, but like, like Shannon, for example, Scott, like he's pretty much teaching me like all day, every day, Taj, same thing, teaching me all day, every day. Um, like 40, of course, the coaches, Kerry, Sam, all those guys, like I was just kind of learning from them um, every day, like different, just how to be ready, always staying ready. And I think that's probably the biggest thing is like for me from last year is that, I mean, some game, sometimes you're not going to play, even even like starters, you know, like if you're really not playing, if you're not playing well, sorry, as a starter, like for that game in the first half, you might sit the second half. Like kind of just is how it is. Um so I think just being ready and like not waiting, but knowing that like something things are gonna happen. Some guys aren't gonna play well. Some guys might get injured here and there. So whether you're not playing, whether you're playing and you're in the rotation or not, it's like not an excuse to like not be ready. Basically, like I can't be playing no minutes for two games straight, then come in and then you play bad, and it's like well I haven't played in two games. Like there's no, there's just no room for that. You know, like um so coming in i think now i've got a better understanding you know at the start of the year cans when i'm not playing i'm like what the hell is going on you know like i'm not even playing one minute i'm not even playing 30 seconds nothing you know but i think now it's like i'm not coming in expecting that i'm going to be playing more minutes but i'm thinking like if i do if i don't play i know exactly how to deal with it or maybe there's someone younger than me you know that's not playing and now i can pass that information on um to them but yeah i think some of those are things got me prepared
0: you've added to your resume essentially now. So you probably, it's all stages as well, but it's not mm-hmm. like you're going to come in and inspect like all these minutes just because you've had a few good seasons. But I was going to ask what the battles between you and Owen Foxwell have been like, like you said, a younger guy. I don't even know how much, like how old is Owen now? I don't even know. He's still a young fellow, but, um,
2: <laughs> um, yeah, battle's been good, man. Been good. Owen's, Owen's like just goes at it, which I love at training. Um, same with Gary. There's, there's all three, us three point guards are all there. Um, but yeah, it's physical. Like Owens is like an unreal on-ball defender. Um, so it's good. It's, just, it's good getting reps against him and knowing that when I come into a real game, there's probably not too many guys going to guard harder or um, guard as tough as Owen does. So it's good to see that every
1: day at practice. Mm. It's like those dudes are the key to help people getting successful. Like If you're a dude that shows up every day, you're going to get better and you're going to help people around you get better. Um, mm. And I think what's cool particularly about the state of basketball in australia right now is the NBL one uh has created a place where hoopers can get better and you talked about it before a little bit where it will hurt some ears to say but like the coaches don't take much stakes in performance to the NBL one at all you mm-hmm. know it's a it's a completely different game mm-hmm. but you can 100 percent use the NBL one to develop yourself to be ready to go in the NBL. So this is like a two-part question. Um, Like watching you in the NBL one, particularly this year, like it looks like you're playing in the playground out there. Like you're having fun, you're being yourself, you Mm -hmm. know, you're you're taking control of a team in terms of leadership and, you know, you're leading them to winning basketball, which is is hard to do in any league. Uh, So what's your mindset? First question, what's your mindset going into the NBL one season and into the games individually? And then the second part of the question is, you know, how important do you think NBL one is at the moment in terms of like growth for players uh, and the expansion of their game, like from juniors to NBL players to, you know, using that environment to get better?
2: Yeah. First one, first question, my mindset going in. um, I think this year has been different to what it was my first NBL one year when I was at at Cairns. Like Cairns was kind of like, I need to go out and like get a job basically. Like I'm... I'm right there, like I've done what I've done in the NBL, but I'm not quite, now I need to prove that I can do it day in, day out in an off season league, basically. So like that was kind of just, like I'm preparing for those games, like they're NBL games. Not that I'm not now, but now I think moving into this year, it was a bit more of like, um, not that I'm like, I don't know. I think I I just tried to like dissect the game a little bit better. And I think um, Dave Barlow has been like really big for me in that, he just sees the game um in a very like unique way very simple but like it is it is unique um and yeah it's just kind of like it's just always like encouraging you to just for him from him to me it's always encouraged me just to like play basketball so basically as in as simple as that sounds like just whatever they give us we do so like i might try and preempt like a set to him or tell him like hey let's run this let's run that and he's like well let's just see what they're doing you know and as simple as as that sounds like I think that was, has been a step for me where like I can just now... I'm, every game, I'm just training each possession like not to preempt anything, not to think, hey, this is working, this is that. It's just like, literally, as I turn and I'm looking at the core, it's like now I've got that split decision where I see what they're in and I've got to make that decision. I think I've kind of been like repping that kind of mental part of my game this year in the off season, and it's just helped. And then I think when I watch games back, it does look like that sometimes that I'm playing in like a bit of a playground or it's a bit seems a bit easier, seems a bit lighter, but I think that's just, like, from my change of perspective of the game um, and just making decisions kind of, like, on the fly and probably watching film more obviously helps.
0: Mm, I was going to ask, is it, like, a really, like, nice feeling on the inside when you kind of, you do play a few games, like, maybe it's just with Sandringham straight away and then you, you kind of just know you're figuring it out, like, you know the game, like, people always talk about the moment, the game slowing down for them, and for someone like me, it's, like, cool i think i understand what that means but i'm just a fan watching you guys do what you do but is it just like a as soon as that moment hits is it like do you almost like sort of smile to yourself like okay i've kind of i've kind of unlocked a new package here
2: yeah i think so i mean jack you probably speak to that too it's just um i felt that this year for sure versus other years but i think it's sandy yeah definitely there's been games where um yeah like you know i might finish the game with 30 and 10 or something like that and it just felt like and we won by 20 and it just kind of felt it just didn't feel like anything crazy you know i'm just like wow that's 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 cool when you reflect on it you know but in the moment it's a bit of like a flow state um you're just so locked in on i think like i was saying making those reads um and just yeah it just becomes easy but like jack like i said you probably speak to that too i know you were shooting like one footers like all season in Adelaide. <laughs> you, I you you
0: you should work shots how do you do that
1: <laughs> Nah, it's it's a cool point you bring up it's a especially as you play more basketball, you can't really create it without playing. And I remember mm-hmm. like, I used to be working out a lot, Joey Wright, Benny and me would be in the gym with uh, Joey Wright every, every single damn day. And he used to always say like, one day like, you will wake up and the game will be slower. Uh, yeah. You'll, you'll be cool. able to breathe out there. You'll be able to think, you'll be able to manipulate things. And it's like, the only way you can do that is by watching film and by playing. And mm-hmm. it's crazy, it's like one day you wake up for me i just woke up in the nbl and it was just like all of a sudden like you catch the ball in the paint and instead of freaking out and doing something crazy (laughs) it feels like everyone around you is freaking out yeah and it's it it, it takes time to get there like reps to get there my handle isn't tight enough to feel that feeling when i'm dribbling (laughs) so i don't get to experience that in the pick and roll but when i'm like running into screens or playing out of the post it the game slows down to a point where it feels like chess Yeah, yeah. And I think you see the best basketball players, like, you know, watching Luka Doncic just have that triple double. He's moving in slow mo the whole game, but no one's speeding him up. He's playing at the tempo he wants to play at. He's making reads and decisions, not thinking about skill, but just thinking about the game. And uh, I think that's what Benny touched on before. It's like at some point you're not thinking about skill, all you're doing is reading defense. You're seeing where that man's helping in from, where the split line's going to be, and that starts to happen so would you, you would agree with that Benny huh
2: yeah for sure it was actually really cool um, the other night I had this moment in the semi, uh, the prelim game whatever so I'm, I'm very blessed with the coaches I have at Sandy like Reese Carter um, even like Tom O'Brien Dave Barlow and then we've got um, Nathan Croswell who most NBL fans would know like Crosby like one of the best PGs Australia's had pretty much ever but like he he's been sitting on our bench the last probably like five games um but yeah, he had this moment where he was just like, I was coming down, I asked him for like, hey, anything, you seen anything? And then like two possessions later, he's like, well, you just check, the, just check the weak side corner. And just kind of like left me with that when we were coming out of a timeout. But like didn't really say like, hey, this is open, that's open. He's like, just check the weak side corner. And then there's like three possessions later, I'm coming down. And like, we're just dribbling down, coming into a middle double middle on ball. And, like, the weak side corner is just, like, the dude's heavy split just sitting there waiting for me. And I just, like, whipped it straight across, hit a three. Dude hit a three. <laughs> but like, even that, you know, like, Crosby's not telling me. It's not, like, they're not telling me, hey, let's do this, this play. This is going to happen. Like, they're just kind of seeing things and they just plant seeds in my brain. And then I'm just kind of, like, figuring it out on my own. But that's probably been, like, such a cool thing that they've given me space to, like, learn. Like, they're teaching me, but... They're not teaching me in like that way that it's like do this, and I, now I, you know what I mean. Like they're not letting me figure it out for myself. If you're just telling someone do this, do this, but they're yeah. really giving me that space to do that.
0: I love the concept of just like basically giving you a mid game riddle and just like not like not you're helping you but it's like you're also testing how smart you are on the other end like he could have easily just told you whatever the hell he was meaning by it but i love that he gives you it and gives you time to think on it and then you if you it's almost like if you succeed he's just like sitting there laughing to himself <laughs> yeah. like
2: all right we yeah. did well here That's yeah. great. um the second part of the question you are the second question you asked about oh, yeah. MBO, was it mbo one having impact on yeah
1: mbo one and, and growth for the players
2: um yeah that's a tough one because i don't really know in terms of like well I, uh, yeah there's kind of two parts to that question i guess first one would be like from individual i think it's just like you can gain confidence from playing nbl1 i would say just to keep it real simple like i'm not going to shoot 20 25 shots in an nbl game but i can go nbl1 and do it like try it do it yeah, Why not? yeah why not you know what i mean that's cool i think and maybe sometimes that takes like you know some people be like oh he's not going to The part where I get confused is people say that's not going to translate to the NBL, but it's like, obviously, I'm not going to go to the NBL and shoot 25 shots. So it's like, then people get confused. When I say people, like maybe experts, it's like, where's this guy going to fit in in the NBL if he's shooting 25 shots? But um, I think that's the importance of once, like figuring a role out in the NBL first as a young player, like finding that niche, like where you can be and where you can fit in. Like for me, it was just like, I'm going to pick up full court, on like you know and try and get on the court this way and just stay in and be in harassment on the court um figure that out first what i can do in nbl the and then maybe just see the gaps from there and then go work on the other gaps in nbl one if that makes sense
1: yeah i think that's perfectly put I, like you know we could dissect a whole hour like interview talking about how to find your role and, and how to find uh minutes on an nbl court and mm-hmm. like i think it comes down to, like, you have to earn that coach's trust. If that, if that coach doesn't trust you, like, you ain't going to play. And mm. then, you know, you build trust by not turning the ball over and you can build these skill sets in the MBL 1. But then the side problem with the MBL 1 is uh, there's a lot of part-time coaches. And so from what it sounds like, you've been working with good coaches. You know, you've, got, you've mentioned Dave Barlow three times now in this interview. And so dudes that are helping you, that are educated, And uh, that makes a huge difference because you look a lot around and there are coaches that aren't at the NBL level coaching the NBL one, and there's nothing wrong with that, but it's not always going to help in the development if you aren't surrounded by guys that have been in the game. But, uh, Mm. you know, I love player development. It's like something I could talk about all day and especially about, you know, making it into the NBL. But um, there's not many six-foot guards that play in the NBL. Like that's just bottom line, you know, you hear basketball players, they say tall, you're not tall enough, you're not, you know, you're not, you're not athletic enough. Uh, you've managed to do it, man. And it's like a credit to you, the grind. Like, what do you think has separated you? What's given you that chance? Like, what's your secret? You know, if, if a kid was going to ask you, like, and they're, you know, they're not reaching higher than six foot. Uh, and they say like, how did you do it? What separated you? What got you that job? uh this is a tough question you know but what what would you yeah. say what separates ben air it is a tough question i think from a skill-based point of view if you're six foot you gotta
2: be able to shoot the three like you gotta be able to knock down a three ball um at a high rate and then you gotta be able to like make an impact defensively you know in, in a very much like a in a switching world and a switching league and like tall lanky guys which people are obsessed with coaches are obsessed with and fair enough Um, like you gotta be able to create an impact in a, in a different way. Um, so whether that's like picking up full core, that's the difference for me. But then I also think like the biggest thing for me and moving away, like separating myself from guys in my age group and or lasting this long is I think just like from a mentality point of view, um, like you gotta be out of work. You gotta have tools and skills outside of basketball, um, that you can use to, like, get through tough times, basically, Um, and I think for me, like, from a, yeah, like, from mental skills point of view, I've been able to do that, like, not touching on specific, because saying we could, that's probably a whole nother podcast, like, talking about um, what tools you use and stuff, but I think just having a few things that you can rely on um, to kind of, like, send yourself off the court and through, like, tough times, because, you know, basketball is, it's just, like, up and down, non-stop, like, You're in this team, now you're out of this team. You're in this team, like you're playing well, you're playing bad, you're shooting great, you're shooting bad. Like it's just ups and downs, I think, everywhere across the board with basketball and all elite sports. Um, Mm. So I think for me, probably just having like basically, yeah, like a workshop of tools that I can use for my mental off the court has kind of like separated me from a lot of guys in my group.
0: Yeah, I like that. I was going to say, firstly, good answer. I just like the idea of like finding your your niche, like, the things you can contribute to, but I want to know, I assume growing up, like, you heard the, you're too small, he's too small a fair few times, but have you ever just, like, sort of snapped at someone and just been like, like, I don't care about my height, like, can we talk about something else? Have you just ever, like, given them a taste of whatever you're feeling on the
2: inside? I don't think so. I've never really. No. I think it's more. I just wait for like the court, and then I just get like small man syndrome and start talking mad crap. You know what I mean? Like, yes. <laughs> I'm gonna just wait for that. I think that's where that comes <laughs> from. because I've probably just heard that <laughs> so many times. That's a
0: great point. I, I was gonna ask about the trash talking because you said on um, one of the M- one of our NBL uh, podcasts, you said that I think you said that Aussie trash talk like down here was just not very good, and sometimes mm-hmm. you want like, a, a leveled up type of trash talk, but has there ever been, like, something you've said on court that, I don't know, one of your favourite lines or where sometimes you've just maybe said something and you're like, what the hell was I saying back there? Is there anything that stands out? I want to know what you actually say out there.
2: I'm not going to tell you exactly what I say. <laughs> you probably shouldn't say that, but nah, not really. I, I'm pretty, like, rinse and repeat, you know, like, I, don't, I say, like, a lot of similar things. Um... <laughs> But like D V prelim stuff. Not DB, stuff. but like, for example, the game in the prelim, mind you, like we're up twenty a quarter time, so I guess it's hard for the other team to talk trash, but like they just kind of like lost their mind. Not lost their mind, but they were just so distracted by me talking, you know what I mean? And and like I think they i yeah. just lost their whole weight, the team. <laughs> um, <laughs> but yeah, no, nah, I don't know, nothing nah, nothing I couldn't tell you anything. <laughs> nothing crazy. G- game
0: no. it's a game within a game. Joe, no, I'm it's... gonna ask you
2: it's yeah. definitely something crazy, but I just probably shouldn't say <laughs>
0: Fine. Fine. Um, Jack, I'm going to ask you, you often talk about blacking out with celebrations. Have you ever blacked out with
1: trash talk? Mm, it's interesting because I used, I used to talk a lot more trash than what I do now. Mm. Um, but a lot of my trash talk, like I still talk all game, but a lot of my trash talk is like hyping up my teammates. Yeah. So like when my teammates do something tough like I'll let like he can't guard you like simple stuff like that like damn like you're cooking him like <laughs> I keep it like so when, when 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 my teammates are succeeding like I'll let their defender know that he is getting cooked by my teammate like, like you know so <laughs> yeah. so that's kind of like my my trash talks turned into like I can pretty much ignore the opposition completely but I'll talk to my teammate in a way that both of them can hear. And that's, like, kind of my go-to of what my trash talk's turned into.
2: I think sometimes that's the worst trash talk to hear. Like, if I'm defending and, like, someone's killing me and then you're over here telling me, I'm like, damn, like, does it really look bad? Like, (laughs) it's hard to respond to someone be like, hey, bro, you're getting killed right now. Like, he's killing you and you're like like maybe he is <laughs> I, feel, yeah, yeah. I feel like I'd, I'd
0: believe that more because it's like it's not coming from the person so if it's coming from the teammate you're like wait maybe they are actually killing me I, um,
1: yeah yeah i know uh, my one of my like my favorite basketball experience it's like up there is like like one of my dudes one of my teammates getting an and one us huddling me talking trash about how tough he is while the other team's like disjointed someone's complaining to the ref like you know in that tight huddle us looking around saying we're killing these dudes like that for me is like all like that's what i live for like that is that your moment you know you're about to break a team like you can see like you're hyping your dude up they're frustrated like i that's that's what i live for and almost nothing beats that type of trash talk i
0: agree yeah that's fair that's fair. All right. Well, last few questions here. I just want to know: um, is winning most improved still a goal of yours? You told you told us that on um, we we forced it out of you on Anneli Anno- Anno- Maley's podcast. I don't even know if you remember saying that, but still is a goal. What? Is what? Uh, winning most improved player this season. Yeah,
2: right? I think so. Yeah, I think winning most improved is a is a um, is a goal, and um, yeah, I know. Try and try and just focus on. Task at hand and any of those things that come with it are like always just benefits, but um, but yeah, why not? Yeah,
0: you're like, damn, did I say that? But no, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs>
1: <laughs> damn,
0: Darren, uh, Jack, Jack, take it home.
1: All right, I take it home for the very last question because we're talking a little bit of trash talk. You can answer this however you want, but it is a sold out crowd this Saturday for the grand final, you against Knox. Sandringham, tell us what happens this weekend. What happens, Benny? Uh, I mean, Sandringham win for sure. <laughs> I, um,
2: I think I said it a couple of weeks ago. I said it ages ago, actually. It would have been, what, six weeks ago, Dan? I said about six, seven weeks yeah, ago. Yeah, something. That, you know, that it was wraps for the South, and um, I'm sticking with that. You know, I, I have a lot of confidence in this team, and if we just do what we do, we go out and we play our game, then there's no team in the country that beats us.
1: I love it. I love it. There's nothing more needed to said. I'm personally a little disappointed because I was uh, hoping that we would get an epic battle between Benier and Nick Marshall at Mount Gambier, but that didn't happen. But it's going to be an epic, sold out, nothing better. You know, people coming to watch Benier do his thing. Thank you so much for coming on the podcast, ch- like chopping it up with us for 30 minutes. Have you got anything you'd like to say? Anything to the kids listening, to people listening? you know if you had a billboard i love that question like what would it say anything just throw throw anything at us that you how you want to end this podcast uh and thank you very much for coming on the shooters pod with uh darren and me take us away benny i'm putting you on the spot i don't have anything for you that's such a hard
2: question um Live love laugh, whatever the fuck it fucking is. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> <Wow>. Just straight
0: handling <laughs> Hallmark yeah. cards or something. Yeah, thanks for coming on. We appreciate it. I'll see I might see you Saturday anyway at that game, so yeah, do you your so. thing.
2: Yeah, alright guys. Love you guys. Appreciate you. Hey, uh, love you too, man.
1: Appreciate you so much.